0: Mr brisher's treasure by hg wells this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by alan lord mr brisher's treasure by hg wells you can't be too careful who you marry said mr brisher and pulled thoughtfully with a fat wristed hand at the lank moustache "'that hides his want of chin.' "'That's why,' I ventured. "'Yes,' said Mr. Brisher, "'with a solemn light in his bleary blue-grey eyes, "'moving his head expressively "'and breathing alcohol intimately at me. "'There's lots as have had a try at me, "'many as I could name in this town, "'but none have done it. "'None?' "'I surveyed the flushed countenance, "'the equatorial expansion.' the masterly carelessness of his attire and heaved a sigh to think that by reason of the unworthiness of women he must needs be the last of his race i was a smart young chap when i was younger said mr brisher i had my work cut out but i was very careful very and i got through he leant over the tap-room table and thought visibly on the subject of my trustworthiness I was relieved at last by his confidence. I was engaged once, he said at last, with a reminiscent eye on the shove penny board. So near as that? He looked at me. So near as that? The fact is, he looked about him, brought his face close to mine, lowered his voice, and fenced off an unsympathetic world with a grimy hand. If she ain't dead, or married to someone else, or anything. "'I'm engaged still. Now?' "'He confirmed this statement with nods and facial contortions. "'Still,' he said, ending the pantomime, "'and broke into a reckless smile at my surprise. "'Me?' "'Run away,' he explained further with coruscating eyebrows. "'Come home. That ain't all.' "'You'd hardly believe it,' he said. "'But I found a treasure. Found a regular treasure.' treasure i fancied uh, this was irony and did not perhaps greet it with proper surprise yes he said i found a treasure and come home i tell you i could surprise you with things that has happened to me and for some time he was content to repeat that he would found a treasure and left it i made no vulgar clamour for a story but i became attentive to mr Brisher's bodily needs "'and presently I led him back to the deserted lady. "'She was a nice girl,' he said, "'a little sadly, I thought, and respectable. "'He raised his eyebrows and tightened his mouth "'to express extreme respectability, "'beyond the likes of us elderly men. "'It was a long way from here, "'essex, in fact, near Colchester. "'It was when I was up in London, "'in the building trade.' "'I was a smart young chap then. "'I can tell you. Slim. had best clothes. Good as anybody. At Silk hat, mind you.' Mr. Brisher's hand shot above his head, "'towards the infinite, to indicate a silk hat of the highest. "'Umbrella. Nice umbrella. "'With a horn handle. Savins, "'Very careful I was.' "'He was pensive for a little while, thinking.' as we must all come to think sooner or later of the vanished brightness of youth but he refrained as one may do in tap-rooms from the obvious moral i got to know her through a chap what was engaged to her sister she was stopping in london for a bit with an aunt that had an and beef shop this aunt was very particular they was all very particular people all her people was i wouldn't let her sister go out with this fella except her other sister my girl that is went with them so he brought me into it sort of to ease the crowding we used to go walks in battersea park of a sunday afternoon me and my topper and him and his and the girls well stylish There wasn't many in Battersea Park, had the laugh of us. She wasn't what you'd call pretty, but a nicer girl I never met. I liked her from the start, and, well, though I say it, who shouldn't? She liked me. You know how it is, I dare say. I pretended I did. When this chap married her sister, him and me was great friends, what must he do but ask me down to Colchester? close by where she lived naturally i was introduced to her people and well very soon her and me was engaged he repeated engaged she lived at home with her father and mother quite the lady in a very nice little house with a garden and remarkable respectable people they was rich you might call em almost they owned their own house got it out of the building society and cheap because the chap who had it before was a burglar and in prison and they had a bit of free old land and some cottages and money invested all nice and tight they was what you'd call snug and warm i tell you i was on furniture too why they had a piano jane her name was jane used to play it sundays and very nice she played too. There wasn't hardly a hymn tune in the book she couldn't play. Many's the evening we've met and sung hymns there, me, and her, and the family. Her father was quite a leading man in chapel. You should have seen him Sundays interrupting the minister and giving out hymns. He had gold spectacles, I remember and used to look over him at you while he sang hearty. He was always great on singing hearty to the Lord. And when he got out of tune, after people went after him. Always. He was that sort of man. And to walk behind him in his nice black clothes, his hat was a brimmer. Made one regular proud to be engaged to such a father in law. And when the summer came, I went down there and stopped a fortnight now you know there was a sort of itch said mr Brisher. we wanted to marry uh, me and jane did and get things settled but he said i had to get a proper position first uh, consequently and there was a itch consequently when i went down there i was anxious to show that i was a good useful sort of chap like so i could do pretty nearly everything like see i made a sympathetic noise and down at the bottom of their garden was a bit of wild part like so i says to him why don't you have a rockery here i says it'd look nice too much expense he says not a penny says i i'm a dab at rockeries let me make you one you see i'd helped my brother make a rockery in the beer garden behind his tap so i knew how to do it to rights let me make you one i says it's holidays but i'm that sort of chap i ain't doing nothing i says i'll make you one to rights and the long and short of it was he said i might and that's how i come on the treasure what treasure i asked why said mr Brisher, the treasure i'm telling you about what's the reason why i never married what a treasure dug up yes a buried wealth A treasure trove come out of the ground what i kept on saying regular treasure he looked at me with unusual disrespect it wasn't more than a foot deep not the top of it he said i'd hardly got thirsty like Before I come on the corner, go on. I said, I didn't understand. Why, directly I hit the box, I knew it was treasure. A sort of instinct told me. Something seemed to shout inside of me. Now's your chance. Lie low. It's lucky I knew the laws of treasure trove, or I'd have been shouting there and then. I dare say, you know. Crown bags it. I said, all but one percent. Go on, it's a shame. What did you do? Uncovered the top of the box. There wasn't anybody in the garden, or about, like. Jane was helping her mother do the house. I was excited, I tell you. I tried the lock, and then gave a whack at the hinges. Open it came. The silver coins were full, shining. It made me tremble to see them. And just then, I'm blessed if the dustman didn't come round the back of the house. It pretty nearly gave me heart disease to think what a fool I was to have that money showing. And directly after, I heard the chap next door, and he was holidaying too. I heard him watering his beans. If only he'd looked over the fence. What did you do? Kicked the lid on again, and covered it up like a shot and went on digging about a yard away from it, like mad. And my face, so to speak, was laughing on its own account till I had it hid. I tell you, I was regular scared like at my luck. I just thought that it had to be kept close, and that was all. Treasure, I kept whispering to myself. Treasure, and hundreds of pounds, hundreds, hundreds of pounds whispering to myself like, and digging like blazes. It seemed to me the box was regular sticking out and showing, like your legs do under the sheets in bed, and I went and put all the earth I'd got out of my hole for the rockery, slap on top of it. I was in a sweat, and in the midst of it all, out toddles her father. He didn't say anything to me. He just stood behind me and stared but jane told me afterwards when he went indoors he says that there jackanapes are yours jane he always called me a jackanapes somehow knows how to put his back into it after all seemed quite impressed by it he did how long was the box i asked suddenly how long said mr brisher yes in length oh about so by so "'Mr. Brisher indicated a moderate-sized trunk. "'Full,' said I. "'Full up, of silver coins. "'Half-crowns, I believe.' "'Why,' I cried, "'that would mean hundreds of pounds.' thousands. said Mr. Brisher, "'in a sort of sad calm. "'I calculated it out. "'But how did they get there?' "'All I know is what I've found.' what i thought at the time was this the chap who'd owned the house before her father had been a regular slap-up burglar what you'd call a high-class criminal he used to drive his trap like peace did mr Brisher meditated on their difficulties of narration and embarked on a complicated parenthesis i don't know if i told you it had been a burglar's house before it was my girl's father's and i knew he'd robbed a mail train once i did know that it seemed to me that's very likely i said but what did you do sweated said mr Brisher. regular run off me all that morning said mr Brisher. i was at it pretending to make that rockery a wondering what i should do I'd have told her father, perhaps, only I was doubtful of his honesty. I was afraid he might rob me of it, like, and and give it up to the authorities. And besides, considering I was marrying into the family, I thought it would be nicer, like, if it came through me, and put me on a a better footing, so to speak. Well, I had three days before me left of me holidays, so there wasn't no hurry, so I covered it up and went on digging and tried to puzzle out how i was to make sure of it only i couldn't i thought said mr brisher and i thought once i got regular doubtful whether i'd seen it or not and went down to it and had it uncovered again just as her ma came out to hang up a bit of washing she'd done jumps again afterwards "'I was just thinking I'd have another go at it. "'When Jane comes to tell me, dinner was ready. "'You'll want it,' she said, "'seeing all the hole you've dug.' "'I was in a regular days, all dinner, "'wondering whether that chap next door "'wasn't over the fence and filling his pockets. "'But in the afternoon I got easier in my mind. "'It seemed to me he must have been there so long "'it was pretty sure to stop a bit longer.' and i tried to get up a bit of a discussion to draw out the old man and see what he thought of treasure-trove mr brisher paused and affected amusement at the memory The old man was a scorcher he said a regular scorcher what said i did he it was like this explained mr brisher laying a friendly hand on my arm and breathing into my face to calm me just to draw him out i told a story of a chap i said i knew pretending you know who'd found a sovereign in an overcoat he'd borrowed i said he stuck to it but i said i wasn't sure whether that was right or not and then the old man began lor he did let me have it Mr. Brisher affected an insincere amusement. He was, well, what you might call her, a, a rare hand at snacks. Said that was the sort of friend he'd naturally expect me to have. Said he'd naturally expect that from the friend of a out-of-work loafer who took up with daughters who didn't belong to him. There. I couldn't tell you off. he said. He went on most outrageous. I stood up to him about it just to draw him out wouldn't you stick to a half sov not if you found it in the street i says certainly not he says certainly i wouldn't what not if you found it as a sort of treasure young man he says there's higher authority than mine render unto caesar what is it yeah well he fetched up that a rare hand at hitting you over the head with the bible was the old man and so he went on he got to such snacks about me at last i couldn't stand it i promised jane not to answer him back but it got a bit too thick i-i give it to him mr brisher by means of enigmatical face-work tried to make me think he had had the best of that argument but i knew better I went out in a off at last but not before i was pretty sure i had to lift that treasure by myself the only thing that kept me up was thinking how i'd take it out of him when i had the cash there was a lengthy pause now you'd hardly believe it but all them three days i never had a chance at the blessed treasure never got out not even a half-crown there was always a something always astonishing thing it isn't thought of more said mr brisher finding treasures no great shakes it's getting it i don't suppose i slept a wink any of those nights thinking where i was to take it what i was to do with it how i was to explain it it made me regular ill and days i was that dull it made jane regular offy you ain't the same chap you was in london she says several times i tried to lay it on her father and his snacks but bless you she knew better what must she have but that i'd got another girl on my mind said i wasn't true well we had a bit of a row but i was that set on the treasure i didn't seem to mind a bit anything she said well at last i got a sort of plan i was always a bit good at planning though carrying out isn't so much in my line. I thought it all out and settled on a plan. First, I was going to take all my pockets full of these here half-crowns, see, and afterwards, as I shall tell, well, I got to that state, I couldn't think of getting at the treasure again in the daytime. So I waited until the night before I had to go, and then when everything was still, up i gets and slips down to the back door meaning to get my pockets full what must i do in the scullery but fall over a pail up gets her father with a gun he was a light sleeper was her father and very suspicious and there was me had to explain i'd come down to the pump for a drink because my water bottle was bad he didn't let me off a snack or two over that bit you lay a bob and you mean to say i began wait a bit said mr brisher i say i'd made my plan that put the kibosh on one bit but it didn't hurt the general scheme not a bit i went and i finished that rockery next day as though there wasn't a snack in the world cemented over the stones i did dabbed it green and everything i put a dab of green just to show where the box was they all came and looked at it and said how nice it was even he was a bit softer like to see it and all he said was it's a pity you can't always work like that then you might get something definite to do he says yes i says i couldn't help it i put a lot in that rockery i says like that see i put a lot in that rockery meaning i see said i "'for Mr. Brisher is apt to over-elaborate his jokes.' "'He didn't,' said Mr. Brisher. "'Not then, anyhow.' "'Marever. After all that was over, off I set for London. "'Off I set for London.' "'Only I wasn't going to know London,' said Mr. Brisher, "'with sudden animation, and thrusting his face into mine. "'No fear. What do you think? "'I didn't go no further than Colchester.' Not a yard. I'd left the spade just where I could find it. I'd got everything planned and right. I hired a little trap in Colchester and pretended I wanted to go to Ipswich and stop the night and come back next day. And the chap I hired it from made me leave two sovereigns on it right away. And off I set. I didn't go to no Ipswich neither. Midnight, the Orson trap was itched by the little road that ran by the cottage where he lived, not sixty yards off, it wasn't, and I was at it like a good un. It was just the night for such games, overcast, but a trifle too hot. And all round the sky there was summer lightning, and presently a thunderstorm. Down it came. First big drops in a sort of fizzle, then ale. I kept on. I whacked at it. I didn't dream the old man would hear. I didn't even trouble to go quiet with the spade. And the thunder and lightning and hail seemed to excite me like. I shouldn't wonder if I was singing. I got so hard at it I clean forgot the thunder and the orson awesome trap. I precious soon got the box showing and started to lift it. Heavy, I said. I couldn't no more lift it than fly i was sick i'd never thought of that i got regular wild i tell you i cursed i got sort of outrageous i didn't think of dividing it like for the minute and even then i couldn't have took money about loose in a trap i oisted one end sort of wild-like and over the whole show went with a tremendous noise perfect smash of silver and then right on the heels of that flash lightning like the day and there was the back door open and the old man coming down the garden with his blooming old gun he wasn't not a hundred yards away i tell you i was that upset i didn't think what i was doing i never stopped not even to fill my pockets i went over the fence like a shot i ran like one o'clock for the trap and and swearing as i went i was in a state and will you believe me when i got to the place where i'd left the and awesome trap they'd gone off when i saw that i hadn't a cuss left for it i just danced on the grass and when i danced enough i started off to london i was done mr Brisher was pensive for an interval "'I was done,' he repeated, very bitterly. "'Well,' I said. "'That's all,' said Mr. Brisher. "'You didn't go back?' "'No fear. "'I'd had enough of that blooming treasure. "'Anyhow, for a bit. "'Besides, I didn't know what was done to chaps "'who tried to collar a treasure trove. "'I started off for London, there and then. "'And you never went back? "'Never?' "'But about Jane?' did you write three times fishing like and no answer we parted in a bit of off on account of her being jealous so that i couldn't make out for certain what it meant i didn't know what to do i didn't even know whether the old man knew it was me i sort of kept an eye open on papers to see when he'd give up that treasure to the crown as i hadn't a doubt he would considering how respectable he'd always been and did he mr Brisher pursed his mouth and moved his head slowly from side to side not him he said jane was a nice girl he said a thorough nice girl mind you if jealous and there's no knowing i mightn't have gone back to her after a bit i thought if he didn't give up the treasure I might have a sort of old on him. Well, one day I looks as usual under Colchester, and there I saw his name. What for? Do you think? I could not guess. Mister Brisher's voice sank to a whisper, and once more he spoke behind his hand. His manner was suddenly suffused with a positive joy. Issuing counterfeit coins. He said counterfeit coins you don't mean to say yes it bad quite a long case they made of it but they got him though he dodged tremendous. traced his having passed or oh, nearly a dozen bad half-crowns and you didn't no fear and it didn't do him much good to say it was treasure-trove the End of Mr. Brisher's Treasure by H. G. Wells Read by Alan Lord